Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. This week I'm joined by Dutch-based Scottish journalist Peter McVitie to discuss Rangers' pursuit of Roma striker who spent last season on loan in the Dutch top flight. You have a player there, Umar Sadiq, who obviously has come on loan from Roma to NAC Breda. Uh, now, I understand they were 14th in the, in the league last year, so perhaps didn't have um, the best of seasons, but uh, he came in halfway through. And how, how do you think he got on? Um, yeah, he was quite impressive. He, at, at times, um, he's a bit of a strange striker. He's very, as you've probably realised, he's very tall. Um, and kind of, um, but he's not like a classical kind of forward target man. Um, it's a bit. I didn't really know what to expect before he came here because he's never really had a proper run out in a, a first team, uh, a senior team. He had only kind of dabbled in games in uh, Torino and I think Bologna before that, um, and only a couple of games for Roma. But once he started getting going here, he was he looked really 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 bright. You can see that there's a, a lot to work with. Um, the most impressive thing about him was probably his, his pace and um, um, actually the, the skill that he has for somebody who is about six foot three or six foot four was actually quite impressive. Um, he's got decent movement. His touch isn't great, but it served him quite well in the Eredivisie. And I think that's one of the, the key issues about him in the, in the if he goes to Scotland is that the style is massively different and there's a, a kind of space that he was afforded in the Eredivisie uh, by defenders that that made it a bit easier for him. And I think um, that's quite rare in other leagues and I think that that heaviness to his touch would probably may be a bit of a, a worry for him. But I was I really wanted them to stay. I think uh, Groningen were in for him and uh, Vitesse as well. Um, and the, the the impressions that he gave were were actually really bright for a, for a guy at, at 21 who hasn't really played that much professional football. You can see that there is a lot of developing to do there with him. But he only he only started six of the 12 games that he played here. He scored five goals. Uh, one of them was against Feyenoord, although I think that was a penalty. Other one was against PSV. But uh, some of them have been really, really good. I mean, he, he's shown like a decent first touch. He's shown that he can bend runs and get around the the shoulder of of the last defender and, and find space. Um, and even in in the air, he's he's not even that great despite his height. And there's just a, there is a bit more, bit more to him than that. That's that's quite impressive. But enough questions to to show that the. The potential is hard, is quite difficult to gauge, is, is what is the sense that I got from him. But there's definitely a talent there. Was there a sense that Roma would be willing to do a deal? You say that Gronian were interested. Um, is that something that, that, that had, had potential, or, or, or is it a sense that they want to take him back as very much a development loan? Yeah, I think they, I think they were actually interested in getting him. Uh, I don't know if they just wanted the wanted to buy him or would have taken him on loan but um, I don't know what I don't really know what Roma's stance on him is um, I mean they, they I think they have seen that there is like some potential there and, and a lot of talent but uh, he definitely has a lot of tech, uh, ground to make up on technique but uh, so it's hard as I say it's hard to say that for someone at 21 years old who really hasn't played a lot of first team football 
it's hard to to really think that at, at that age, you know, Roma will, will still really have a grand plan for him. But especially with the players that they've got, but um, I really don't know what their what their plans for the future of them are. Given that Rangers come up against teams that are often playing in a low block, um, NEC Breda, obviously, as we've already discussed, maybe one of the less uh, attractive leading lights in, in that league, and often there's going to be space in behind for a player with his pace to exploit. How do you think he'll cope playing against that kind of low defence for Rangers when he can't maybe exploit his pace so much? Has he got a trick about him? Uh, yeah, he's he's really he is strong. Uh, he can really hold off defenders. He scored a, a really good, a, an impressive kind of goal against uh, Heracles this season, where he just burst the ball was was sent through, uh, and he all the he nodded the ball through into space basically from his half and just tore through past the the two central defenders and really had to hold them off. And that kind of yeah, that was a kind of space that he isn't really going to get much of in Scotland. But that strength and that ability to hold off defenders, I think, will serve him quite well in Scotland. Um, but the the style that Rangers play is probably going to be key for him because I did feel that his stats would actually have been a lot better if he had a, if he had a better team around him at, at Knackbreda. Uh, as you say, they weren't really good. Uh, they had a couple of bright players, but. Um, they just, I think they finished about four or five points above the, the relegation spot, uh, relegation playoffs, if even that. Um, so with a, a more, I guess, well-structured team around him, uh, which I know is asking a lot of Rangers, uh, <laughs> um, he probably would actually be a lot better. But the yeah, as you say, this that style, that coming up against deep-lying defences, where there's, there's just a, a block and the, the space is quite tight, um, he'll probably be a bit of hit and miss for a while. Uh, I think is he's yeah just a kind of probably inconsistent in that in that regard for a while until he, he deals with the pace and uh, if he can adapt to the pace and, and deal with it. But yeah, that is definitely a worry for me. But when you see like the the the, the strength of him and as I say the speed, he's he has he has got something to him. I mean he can weave in and out of players and and weave in and out of defenders. As I say, he'll bend his runs, he'll look, he'll look around and he will get involved in play as well, which I think sets him up quite well. So, um, yeah, I, I do think he will would actually be quite impressive in Scotland, um, but it's down to the style that they're, that they're going to play and also the time probably because uh, although he's 21 years old, he's still actually quite raw as maybe the... The way I would describe him. <laughs> yeah, can, I've also uh, heard that he can play across the front three. So we're not just talking about a central striker here. We're talking about a guy who can play on the right or left, given his pace. Yeah. Cause... yeah, and he had to he had to drop deep quite a lot with Nat Breda. Obviously, they, uh, he would he would come back and, and really helping and blocking and setting up the uh, when they were defending quite deep. So uh, and he he does move a lot. He's very mobile. <clears throat> um, uh, there weren't really any complaints, I don't think, about about him or all the kind of energy that he puts in because when he was going, he was just always going. But there is just something strange about the fact that he, even towards the last, the end of his time at NAC, he was dropping out of the team. I mean, he only started six of his 12 games. It took him a couple of weeks to, to book his place in the first team. Um, and then, to, as I say, towards the end, he, he kind of dropped out a bit, even though he was scoring really... 
important goals for them. Um, so yeah, there's something there's there's something there that I haven't been able to work out, or a kind of weakness maybe that I, I haven't kind of seen. But he's uh, uh, bright and optimistic. I think I'd say. You touched on the goals against uh, PSV Feyenoord, obviously two of the bigger, the biggest clubs in Holland. Do you get a sense that that gives us a pointer towards his uh, mentality as a big game player? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, um, against Feyenoord, I actually thought he did look really bright when, when when things were coming towards him. He was making some really strong runs. He would really he would get up against the central defenders and, and kind of make a nuisance of himself as well. Um, and then just sort of bend his run and, and, and create a space and try and find passes. Was just heavily involved in attack. Uh, and against PSV, it was it was a bit similar. He, he scored an own goal, um, which was really devastating for them. I think it was the, it put them two 0 down early in the second half. But like five minutes later, he he, he recovered, um, capitalised on some some really nasty defending, and went on and scored. Um, so. Well, in that game, that brother did go on to get absolutely hammered, but there wasn't much more he could do about it. So he is someone who does have that response to him. Uh, he, he was going just constantly, even up until 90 minutes, if not, even if not were losing. Um, he just always seemed to give it his all and, and, and yeah, just keep going. So, yeah, I don't really have any concerns over him. It's just about bringing his talent and his, his, his skills up to up to the level that he, he needs to be because he's he's someone who just dazzled all the way through his, through his, his youth career he was just phenomenal in the in the Italian youth setup and uh, at Roma as well in the under 19s I think and um, was scoring like a goal a game or even better than that um, but bringing it up to the professional level where the you know playing against grown men is obviously rattled them a bit and it's just about finding that, that extra space and, and improving his technique a bit so that he's got extra time more time on the ball and and create some creates advantages for himself the way he has been doing at the moment. Yeah, you could see that Roma would look at this and think, well, we've got a guy with electric pace who's six foot three, six foot four. If he goes to a league like Scotland where he's going to get challenged in terms of his aerial capabilities and toughened up a little bit if he comes back after a year in, in Scotland, having worked on those aspects of his game, then we could have a real player on our hands. So you can sort of see it from their point of view as well, if it's a, a development loan. Yeah, like I said, I think it could be a couple of years before his, his potential uh, starts to come clear because um, he's got a lot maybe to make up uh, to make up for in a, in a short space of time, I think, by the time he's... Is, uh, he's no longer a promising youngster, but um, yeah, I think I really think I think Scotland would be a good league for him. I think it would put him under that pressure to improve his technique and improve these things and and, and really win those, that extra space. Um, but the the physical side of it as well, I think would would already suit him the way he is. He, he is a, a, a quite a um, yeah, he, can, he really can handle himself, uh, but. It's just a, a weird kind of consistency thing and, and all those other aspects that you're looking for a really good combination of, of, of things to come because, um, you know, will he be given a lot of time at Rangers as well? Will, will Gerard um, believe in him enough to, to, to let him uh, kind of work out those mistakes? 
the pressure on them and on him is is massive, and that's a, a, a difficult thing uh, for a young player going into uh, a new league like that, uh, especially when it's Scotland. <laughs> Uh, our listeners will have noticed, Peter, that you don't sound particularly Dutch. Um, now, I'm not asking you to do a sort of Steve McLaren uh, Dutch accent, but uh, are you out there uh, as a journalist just because you've, you've got a passion for the league? Or? Yeah, mainly. Um, the, short, the short story is basically that Dennis Bergkamp's 1998 goal against Argentina is, uh, is the reason that I'm here. Uh, but the, obviously the longer story is as much... Much deeper. I just, I always, I used to write about European football in general, but Dutch football was always one that I was, I was keen on because there were so many young, so many players that I enjoyed uh, watching when I was growing up, and it, it left a mark on me. So, um, when I got into journalism full time, I just decided I would come over. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, if anyone wants to keep up with you or ask you any questions, where can they get you on Twitter? Uh, just that, Peter McVitie. Uh, McVitie spelt just like the the biscuits, as you'd imagine. So <laughs> feel free to hit me up on anything. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much for joining me. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Okay, next up on Record Rangers is a conversation I had at the weekend with Gavin Berry, who is out there in Spain with Stephen Gerrard and his charges as Rangers gear up for the season ahead. Okay, Gav, so thanks for coming on again. Uh, I trust you're uh, still enjoying the sunshine. Absolutely, that's as a weekend. I think the last boat was it a week ago or last Tuesday, yeah. six days ago. Yeah, so we're a week on. Uh, we've got two new faces. We've got John Flanagan, Ovia Jarry has finally joined up with the squad earlier in the week as well. And then one who has left the camp, but obviously Graham Dorans, he um, even away on uh, God, what day I'm losing track now. Was it Thursday? Oh, Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday. I'm losing track of days here. Um, anyway, Graham Dorans left to go back and get some. Uh, scans for a, a knee problem so it's a shame for him because when you consider last season you know he arrived he never really got a full pre-season did he came after the progress neither corn tobacco and he just never got going he then got that injury and then to help the team probably rushed back too soon and it just never it just didn't happen for him it was a shame because it was a dream move and you thought this time he needs a really good pre-season under his belt you know, to get going again, but it doesn't look as if, as if he's going to get that. We'll just need to wait and see the, uh, how serious the problem is. You mentioned the two new faces there. Um, what's yeah. your, your take been, uh, first of all, regarding uh, Nikola Katic? First of all, imposing figure. You know, he's a lot bigger than I, than I realised. You know, we, we, he was one of the guys that was put up for the media uh, at the end, just at the end of last week there. Uh, you know, huge, big presence. You can just tell already that he fits that kind of mould of the type of player that Steven Gerrard's trying to bring in, you know, physical. But, I mean, a uh, really fascinating story. I mean, first of all, we asked him about the Spartak Moscow. Obviously, there was interest there. His agent went to Spartak Moscow, but right away he just said, you know, as, as soon as he knew Rangers and Steven Gerrard in particular, was interested in, you know, going to Russia wasn't even an option for him. Um, but fascinating story in terms of his upbringing. Uh, he was talking about... I don't know if you read it in the paper on the Saturday morning, but um, about his journey to become a footballer. He, he, he was born in a town in Bosnia near the Croatian border, uh, and he had a, he was given a chance at a Croatian third division team. Uh, but his family had little money, and his dad was out working and couldn't drive him, so, so he hitchhiked. 
uh, every day to this club in the Croatian third division. Uh, it was a hundred kilometers round trip, forty five minutes each way. He said, but he never missed a day's training, and it just gave you a wee insight into the kind of that mentality, you know, and his determination, um, you know, his character. You know, that's the kind. Of, that's the kind of people, you know. Stephen Gerrard's going to want in his team, you know, a real determined figure. And f- physically, you talk about obviously his height. Is, I think he's six foot, six foot four. Six foot four, that's right. Yes. And, and is he a, is he a, is he a bulky guy or is he sort of lanky? Is he is he both tall and physically? No, he's, no, he is quite lanky. No, yeah, he, he is quite lanky. But I mean, he he said that that he is a physical player, aggressive style. He said that that's what I love a challenge, I love a tackle. Um, he was talking about. He was actually saying the bulk. That's the like the bulk and mentality. You know, I mean, they are a bit like that coming from that region. You know, uh, and that's 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 what you need to play in Scottish football, don't you? We know it. I mean, you look at. You know, Jozo Simonovic, uh, the other side of the old firm divide, you know, he's what a success he's been. And, you know, he loves a challenge, good physical player. So it might be, he might be a sort of player in, in that mould. Um, you, you look at Fabio Cardoso last season, you know, brought, brought in at cent- central de- in his heart defence. He didn't really have those attributes, did he? Uh, I mean, remember that Celtic game, the, the 3 2 defeat at Ibrox, where he was just kind of out much. Muscled. and he was out muscled and, and it just wasn't really for him yeah he's one and, that looks obviously to me anyway and, and then of course the other player one of the other players that was put up um, the day before Nicola Katic was Connor Goldson again overcome adversity this well documented heart uh, defect that was picked up in the routine and he battled back from that um, I think to be honest he's probably he talked about it a lot when he came back at Brighton and obviously has been asked about it again. We're getting sick of talking about it. Today's one last time, you know, I'll go over the story. Um, but he, he almost kind of played it down in a way. Because, I mean, it sounds serious, but he said, he actually said, he said, you know what, I'm lucky. He says there's people who have broken legs or or, or other kind of injuries and they're out for longer. He, says, he said, I was only out for two months and then I was back kicking a ball again. <laughs> but, there's no doubt you would get a fright. There's no doubt you would get a fright when the club doctors come to you and say, look, we've picked this up. You know, I'm sure that there will be fears of whether you're going to play again. Mm-hmm. But he showed us the two tattoos. Tattoos keep on one leg and faith in the other, keep faith. And that sums up his kind of attitude. So I was just going to say, so it'd be interesting to see those two guys together. You're assuming they'll be paired together, but the other new face we mentioned, of course, is John Flanagan. So we know that Stephen Gerrard played with a sort of three three stroke five at the back uh, for the Liverpool under 18s so it may be that he, he goes down that road and to be honest I think he might I think he might do that and Flanagan the other one we mentioned could go in there as a three because it seems that he can't really play the wing or it's, he's not suited to playing the wing back role when he signed uh, I spoke to his old boss at Bolton uh, Phil Parkinson he had John Flanagan on loan for the second half of last season. And that's what he was saying. He says he didn't play uh, in the early part under him because they played that five, three, sister, the five at the back. Um, and he said he couldn't really, the, the wing back role, he wasn't one for sort of bombing up and down. He was better as a right and a four. 
just a solid right back in, in, in a back four. In, in terms of goals, and just going back to him, sorry, very, very, very quickly before we, we go into uh, Flanagan in more detail. Am I right in saying that the tea leaves are spreading at the bottom of the cup in such a way that it looks like Conor Goldson is a strong candidate for the Rangers captain next year? Yeah, the way that Stephen Gerrard spoke about him last week hinted at that. He spoke about his leadership qualities. Uh, I mean, and he was captain at Shrewsbury and he was saying that he talked up, you know, he says, I've always been a leader. Um so he, he talked up his, lead, his own leadership qualities, but understandably, I think because he's just in the door, he, he was on the rooftop, I want to be captain, you know, obviously he said, if I get the armband, it would be a great honour, you know, it would be a great honour, he says, but you know, there's players who have been here longer than me, because <clears throat> I think he would be conscious of how it would look, you know, if say a James Tavernier or somebody else is reading it and saying, you know, who does this guy think is, he's just in and he's going to be the captain, but... Ultimately, it was Steve Gerrard's decision, and I think I think there's every chance it could be capped. I mean, he's at, he is at a good age, uh, and it just the way he carries himself. Okay, um, so going back to John Flanagan, then um, obviously back here, there's been a fair bit of controversy, a lot of uh, columns in the newspapers, as you can probably imagine, about whether or not this is a, a an appropriate signing for Rangers, and obviously. Again, on the internet, in terms of social media, places like Twitter, there's a, there's a stark divide, I think, amongst Rangers fans. Uh, one set of fans who believe that a player deserves a second chance, um, or, or people in society more generally deserve a second chance, and those who feel um, that, you know, he, he's been convicted of, a, or pled guilty to a fairly despicable crime, Mm-hmm. and uh, Rangers shouldn't be associating themselves with that kind of individual. What's your take on that, first and foremost? First of all, what we have to say is that Rangers and Steven Gerrard would have known that they were going to get this criticism um, by making the signing. That's the first thing. So they must feel that it's worth it, you know, that, that, that it's worth it. Um, and John Flanagan has a, a big debt to pay to Stephen Gerrard by giving him this chance to, re, to relaunch his career. What, you know, we cannot play down how serious this was. But the key thing is, I mean, was it out of character? Stephen Gerrard knows, you know, he knows the guy. He knows John Flanagan better than anyone. So he must feel that it was out of character, and you know, and that therefore he deserves a second chance. And if it was out of character... You know, and he has been punished for it. I mean, what what are we to say that at 25 years old, this guy shouldn't play football again? I mean, I think he deserves a chance. I think he deserves a chance. There's been a fair bit of speculation that Gerrard will move to a back three. Uh-huh. Um, and you, you feel Flanagan will be the man that could take that right-hand central defensive role, potentially. Yes, that, that's, what I th- that, that's what I would see him playing. Or, the other thing is, players are going to have to move on. Now, Gary McAllister said that James Tavernier wouldn't. Uh, he, well, he, he, he felt that James Tavernier would have a key role to play going forward. Now, I suppose the other scenario is Rangers will need to sell players. Tavernier, along with Windass and Fodderingham and Morales, would be one of four that you would say they could probably get decent cash for. So, I mean, unless unless they want to, you know, cash in on him, 
and then and then he just become flat John Flanagan becomes uh, the right back in a four with Katic, Goldson, and then either Declan John or Lee Wallace at left back. That could be the other scenario. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Gary McAllister didn't said that you know John Flanagan coming in didn't mean the end for James Tavernier. So it could well be that he plays with a five, and Flanagan's just right of the three. Have you had an opportunity to speak to Flanagan yet? Is that something that you think will, will come up? No, it hasn't been put up. Um, he, he did, a, he did a, a piece in the club website after he signed, but it hasn't been made available to the media as yet. But, I mean, he's going to have to do it at some point, you would think. So, I mean, they was well doing it early, you know, and you know, rather than everybody, you know, giving their opinion, you know, let him have his say, and then that's it. It's done. So put it to bed. Yeah, put it to bed, and then and then hopefully, you know, for his sake as well, because there's no point in having it. He's he's going to have to set up and face everybody and answer the questions. So he'd be as well doing it now. Yeah. Um. In terms of new signings, Umar Sadiq, the 21 year old Nigerian who, well, is contracted to Roma, but uh, <laughs> spent the second half of last season on loan at any. C Breda, which is I think Pierre Van Hoydock's club, wasn't it? Uh, where he scored, I think, six goals in 14 games. Had a decent spell there. What's the latest on that, Gav? Well, it's funny, when his name first came up, um, you, you know, the word coming out of Rangers was that, yes, you know, he was on a list, but not prominent. He wasn't high up the list, you know, he was just any, because, I mean, it's, a, it's going to be a very lengthy list, let's face it. But having said that, that was two, you know, I think that was two weeks ago or something like that. So, I mean, things can change. They maybe went for other people and he soon shot up the list. Um, but then when the story came out on Friday there that it was really close and there was even a suggestion he might come out here to Spain, uh, I spoke to a few people over in Italy and and they were saying that the, what they were hearing was that, you know, the... It was it was nowhere near as close as was being reported here, and they could be joining. And um, they said that Roma were aware of interest from Rangers, but only through an agent, um, and that there had been no direct contact between the clubs. Now that was Friday, you know, we're now into Monday. That that could well have changed, but that was the word as of Friday. Rangers hadn't made any direct contact. Um, but they seem to have high hopes for for the boy. Um, I think he's got three years left in his deal, and, and you know, and it's you know they see him as having a big future at the Olympic Stadium. So, um, but again, when you look at you know you look at the sort of you know, again the big physical, isn't he? The big it probably fits what Gerard's trying to create here. Well, that's that's the thing, Gav. I've been watching a fair bit of him on YouTube. Uh-huh. And while he is six foot four, again another imposing figure. Mm-hmm. He's far from the um, the physical target man. He is absolutely electric uh, in terms of his pace. Right. Um, he's a player that looks to knock it off and then take a, a one-two and get in behind or turn the defender. He's strong at holding the ball up, but he's a guy that's going to hold the ball up and then look to turn. Uh, and getting behind, that's his game. I mean, um, you would, again, you know, I suppose there'll be a financial aspect here as well. There'll be a loan fee, is, you know. And the other thing that the, the Italian journalists were telling me was, it was there's a lot of clubs interested, you know, clubs from all over Europe. They said, like, maybe Belgium and Holland and places like that again. Obviously, it was in Holland last season. So, I mean, if Rangers did, you know, step up a bit in this one, you know, they might face a bit of competition. 
Um, but the striking one's certainly going to be interesting. I, I think you don't want to get too many loans. You don't want it. I mean, it's fine if you get, I mean, you could get, I know Solanke's been mentioned. I mean, if, if you're saying now that you could somehow get Dominic Solanke on loan, then that's different. No, because you're really talking, you know, you're talking real quality there, real potential. Mm-hmm. But you don't want too many loans. You know, it's, we, we spoke about the Katich one being the ideal kind of, Mark Allen even spoke about that, didn't he? But I mean, that's the ideal one, you know, getting young players, long-term deals, you know, you're able to sell them on. But the striking one's going to be interesting because that's where they're going to have to really strengthen. It may be, obviously, the English Premier League transfer signing deadline closes earlier in Scotland this season, doesn't doesn't it? So it may be that that's when Steven Gerrard makes his move on 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 that end of the pitch. Once, once it's closed, he can say right, and the Premier League clubs know what what they're going to, what they need, and who they can allow to go. And FC Scoopy, wait a minute, let me try and pronounce oh. this properly. Scoopy. It sounds like a wee scoopy of ice cream, but uh, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> what idea? I'll leave it to you. Well, I mean, the, the draw could. I mean, you look at Aberdeen getting Burnley, you know, but when you look at the first preliminary round and the second. I mean, the draw has been... Gary McAllister was talking about it himself the other day. He was also put up for the media um, in between the manager doing the start of the week and the end of the, the, the trip, which ends on Wednesday. Um, that's what he was saying. I mean, when they were looking at some of the names in there, you know, I think Seville were in there and Basic Tass were in there. But when you look at it, you know, starting off with Macedonia and then uh, a trip to either well it looks likely to be Croatia doesn't it I think mm-hmm. the Croatian team are favourites to come through in the other tie um, it could have been worse I mean I know Stephen, but Stephen Gerrard as you would expect says no complacency after last season that was interesting you know when he, he was quite he was quite open about that wasn't he saying that basically they were complacent last season against mm-hmm. Progress in either corner that was after the after the fitness dig we then had a, a, another subtle dig saying, you know, they were complacent. They treated the uh, progress, take, took them lightly. Um, but I think it's important to get a fast start. That's what Gary McAllister says. They want to get, you know, get off to a flyer here. And, you know, the Europe, the Europa League games coming around so quickly gives them that opportunity. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, they've started the preparation so early, obviously. We we'll know what we're talking about, the fitness, the, the, the tough sessions out here. So, I mean, they're going to be well prepared by the time those games come around, you know, starting with a home leg as well. So, Are they talking about how deliberately tough this uh, uh, trip is? Because, you know, we, we're, we're getting videos back on Rangers television just detailing, you, you know, 10 minutes of a training session every day. Uh-huh. And it looks like they are running them really, really hard. Obviously, there's ball work in there as well, and there's a bit of that. But there's also, it's clear there's a lot of running and a lot of conditioning. And I assume that's so that when it when it comes to that, the 12th of July, and you've got that European game, you're ready for it. You're, you're ready. Yeah, well, I mean, the players are like, I mean, every player you listen to now, they're saying that. I think Josh Windows did. They see the other day, it's the toughest training day he's ever had in his life. And, you know, so... But I, yeah, it's to make sure they're ready for that. But I mean, as footballers always say, and managers say, this the, the preparation and the groundwork you're putting in here and now is is to last you throughout the season. That so you've got that base fitness, you know. So come December and January, and that's you know the, you're not flagging then. So it's also for that as well as being ready in July the twelfth. Is there a sense that the heat is um, a part of that? You know, it it does look like it's. 
fairly toasty out there. I'm sure you'll come back with a lovely suntan, Gav. <laughs> well, thankfully, we are not uh, doing as much hard hard work. Well, the physical side of things, we're working hard in other areas. Your beer uh, drinking arm is... No, uh, no, 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 no. Doing these podcasts and filling the paper in the website. <laughs> um, I think now we're getting to the point where, and I think for fans and probably the players and all that, and I touched on this last week's podcast, it's, we just want to see this era start now, you know, you won't, we, we, no, because we haven't, there's not been a game, we've not, you know, you, 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 even that friendly against Bury on the Friday, you know, and Friday night, it's going, you know, next Friday, it's going to be, I think people are going to be really intrigued. They just want to know, like we are talking, is he going to play a back four? Is he going to play a you know a three? What's Katish? What's Katish going to be like? You know, that, that's that's the question I want to ask, Gab. Before I, before I let you go, uh-huh. um, is is there at this stage, and you've been out there for for a week, is there a sense of the Stephen? I know this is a a word that a lot of, that a lot of people listen to so cringe at, but is there a sense of the, the Stephen Gerrard philosophy? What we are going to see, or is that still? Mysterious. No, and we won't find out until we hit Bunny. Bur- that's what I think. No, it's, I think it's still mysterious. It's still mysterious because we can't. Um, I mean, we haven't seen enough detail. But I think just generally, um, we want to see the action start. We want to know what happens. Y- yes, in Bunny, but particularly July the twelfth. You know, when the competitive stuff starts, because in the last two summers, I mean, let's not forget that. that you know, there has been, I think Brendan Rodgers described it as noise, you know, in two summers running. You know, we had Mark Warburton, you know, when Joey Barton and Nico Cranchard were signed, you know, there was a lot of real excitement, two big names, and people thought, oh, this is good, you know. Then, of course, that never worked out. Mark Warburton goes, and Pedro Cuxinha comes in. And for all that when he first came in, there weren't any great signs of promise. People said, oh, no, he deserves his own summer and make his own signings of course then last season he did do that and then you know all of the players were paraded you remember there was that picture outside I think it was maybe Devonshire Gardens with Pe- um, you know Peña and Herrera and there was a, you know, they were all lined up all the new signings and the, their fans although in the back of their mind weren't quite sure if it was going to work out they, they did buy into it and then it went spectacularly wrong so you know but as Stephen Gerrard so I think it's slightly different this time around, but he still isn't an experienced manager. So there's there's that wee element of how's this going to work out, you know. But it it looks good. The signings appear to be good, but I mean I, I don't know if Katic is. is a, I mean, I'm telling you a bit about his character and how he sort of fits the mold, but I don't know. I mean we know more about John Flanagan. He obviously played. At, High level, so there's there's clearly quality there. Although his career has gone off the rails a bit. Connor yeah, Goldson's hardly played in two years, so I mean, so we don't know. We don't know. We need to we need to now see the evidence. There's been so much. I think Stephen Gerrard said himself when he arrived at the Rangers training ground, he, he stopped for a TV interview. He says, you know, there's been there's been too much talking, and just because there's been no games and we've waited that long, no, you can't do anything else but talk. And now we want to just get to the action. Absolutely, Gav. Well, that's a great way to end. Thank you very much for joining me on the Record Rangers podcast direct from Spain. Thanks, Johnny.
edge of desire. 